Hello everyone, welcome to Black Girls Cry 2, a podcast about black women experiencing every single thing in life. I have been away for a few weeks, I know, I know, because life was lifing and I had a lot to deal with. Am I the only one struggling to heal, have friends, love my career, have an amazing relationship, go to the gym, eat healthy and go to church on Sunday? Because this is exactly what this next episode will be about having your shit together in your 20s. For those who are new here, my name is Lorianne, but you can call me Lo. I'm currently doing a series called Chronicles of a Liar, dismantling all the lies we were told when we were young and naive. Who told us? Who lied to us that your 20s is this amazing time full of fun, enjoyment, and money? And you know what? I feel like we should have known We should have known after the scam that High School Musical was that life is not like in the movies, yet here we are. I'm still in my 20s, but the 30 fun years are approaching, and as I reflect on this decade, it was, still is actually, very, very ghetto. In this episode, I want to discuss the main aspects of our 20s we were lied about, But let's start with the first lie. Your 20s are fun. If your 20s are a fun time, maybe your 30s and 40s won't be. Your 20s are such a defining decade of your lives because you're not only an adult, you have very limited responsibilities. You have space to be selfish and space to be you and put yourself first. You have your first job experience, you lose friends, You discover yourself, you heal from trauma, you love, and maybe your heart gets broken. You work hard and you play hard too. During your 20s, you will meet a lot of versions of yourself and in your 20s, you will change. This doesn't mean that all of this development cannot happen in your 30s and 40s or even before, but in your 20s, you would be exposed to most of this and often at the same time. While I can say I have loads of good memories from these past years, I would be lying if I said those years were not hard. When I look at my friends, we were all going through difficulties throughout these past years in three main aspects. Love, whether it's platonic or romantic love or family love. Work which mainly focuses on money, career, and job satisfaction, and the self, which is mainly linked to identity, self-love, self-development, you know the gist. So maybe you're here and you have a nice job and you love yourself, but the love area is not giving what it's supposed to give. Or maybe you have your man, your man, your man, and friends, but you're totally lost in terms of career. Or you have the nice job, the nice man, and you're learning to love yourself, but you have no idea who the F you are. Which leads me to my second lie. No one has it all. This doesn't only apply in your 20s, but specifically in your 20s. Do not let social media fool you. No one has it all in life. Am I the only one who had that list? At 18, I got my high school diploma. At 23, I finished my master's. At 24, I'm married. And 25, I have my first kid. Period. 
I can tell you that this list did not help me while I was going through my quarter life crisis. How many of us do you know who actually have achieved that list? If you feel like you're struggling in your career, your identity, losing friends and are unhappy with your life, you're not the only one who is struggling. Now let's dive deeper in the three areas of development that drastically change for most of us 20-somethings. I know most of the listeners are corporate baddies, so let's start with work, 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 work. The first thing I learned is that success does not happen overnight. However you define success, it does not happen overnight. You might not get the highest paying job coming out of uni, and that is fine. It is disappointing, but fine. I remember they were telling us, oh, they, these companies will come pick you up when you finish your master's, yada, yada. No one came and no one called. You might have a high paying job and work with horrible people. That is fine too. The most important thing is that you start somewhere and you learn. For the 10 people you see who made it before they're 25 or the people you see on the 30 under 30 Forbes list, there are millions like you and I who have to go through different jobs to carve out our career, to understand what we like and what we don't like, and to define success on our own terms. Success does not only look like making six figures by 30. Success can look like owning a small cupcake business or having a job with a good work-life balance. Just know that if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. I have absolutely zero friends with high-paying jobs who are finishing work at five. I have no entrepreneur friends who didn't work their ass off to make their business profitable. Nothing worth it in life comes easy. And you need to define what success means to you without comparing yourself to anyone else and figure out what steps you need to get there. Line numero dos. If I don't make it by XXX, I failed. There is a Congolese expression that says, which means moving forward does not mean arriving at the finish line. My friends... I have friends who took 8, 9, 10 years to graduate and immediately found their dream jobs. There are people like me who did everything the right way and ended up questioning their whole lives at 25. There are people who did not went to the uni path and are making more money than people who did go to uni. Comparison is the thief of joy. Do not envy your neighbor's blessings if you're not willing to take your neighbor's burdens. Oof. That that was a jam. You need to write that down. Do not envy your neighbor's blessings if you're not willing to take your neighbor's burdens. Because to be honest, you don't know what people are going through. You might see someone on social media. You might you might even see someone in your close circle who looks like they have it all, but you have no idea what these people are going through behind closed doors. Life is not a race. You are your only competition. I know people often say, yeah, you're not a competition, but it's true. Because who is going through the exact same things that you're going through? No one. No one. Be inspired by people who are achieving your dream goals instead of envying them. 
especially in our communities where our aunties will always compare us with everyone and their mama. Uh, oh yeah, but you see your cousin did this or look at her, she did this, this girl from the church, blah, 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 blah. Release yourself. Please, ladies, release yourselves from this toxic habit of being in competition with others that has been instilled in us since we were young because everyone is comparing everyone with anyone. You are not your cousin. You're not your sister. You are you and you are enough and you are to be celebrated and you are to try to improve yourself on a day-to-day basis. Does that mean that you should not be ambitious or you can be competitive? No, but there's two types of competing. You can be like, wow, she's killing it. I'm trying to be like her. And you could be like, oh, why does she have that? And why do I not have that? Why can't I do blah, 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 blah? Because I see X, Y, Z do that. And the first one is competition out of aspiration. And the second one is competition out of jealousy. And do you know anything good that comes from jealousy? No. Now, let's go to our second topic, Madame L'Amour, a.k.a. Love. I have so many things to say regarding this topic, um, but the 20s are a rude awakening when it comes to platonic love and romantic love. I remember when I used to watch Sex and the City or Girlfriends, I dreamt, and actually still dream to be honest, of having a close group of friends you see every week. They're into the same things that you are. When I see, for example, like this friend group trips on Instagram, I'm like, ah, where do y'all find these friends? A lot of us lose friends in our 20s. And we lose friends for various reasons. Some of us even feel lonely because they can't relate to their old friends. But making new friends, especially in your late 20s, is so hard. If you feel that way, know that you're not alone. And science backs this up. According to research done by scientists from Aalto University in Finland and Oxford University in the UK, social contacts rapidly decline soon after the age of 25. Another study done by Gerard Mollenhorst from Utrecht University shows that we replace our friends every seven years. In a study questioning over 500 people during a seven-year period, it showed that only 30% of their closest friends remained the same. I am lucky to have maintained most of my childhood friends up to this day, but I had to cut people off for various reasons. You see, when life is good, it's easy to have friends. But when hardships arrive, you can count on one hand who will be there for you. And why would you invest your time and energy into people that will disappear once you need them the most in life? So as we're adulting, we're not looking to have a lot of friends, but good quality friends. So we are more picky on who we want to spend our time, money and energy on, which leads me to my second point. Friendships take time. And the one thing I feel like I'm always lacking is time, actually. You need to show up for your friends the same way you want them to show up for you. 
and it is hard work to maintain relationships, especially as you're getting older because you have more things to do, you have work, you don't have as much free time as you used to have. So eventually the ones where the effort to maintain contact is not reciprocated fade away. And last but not least, people change and so do you. My 20-year-old self would not recognize me today. You hear, she would not recognize me. I've changed many a times. I changed my viewpoints on things. I adjusted the values instilled by my parents to my values. It is a lot. And the same way my life experiences have totally changed me, so have they changed my friends. There are people who I still have a lot of love for, but we simply don't have that much in common anymore. You also learn to set boundaries and you realize that some friends are actually not friends. But it's not only change of values, it's also change of situations. I have friends who are moms now and they simply don't have time to hang out all the time. And some friendships survive these major changes and some don't. It is very hard to lose friends. And sometimes you can start to question yourself. Is it me? Could I have done things differently? But it takes two to tango. If people are meant to be in your life, they will remain. There is a light in all of this. Your 20s can also be a time for authentic friendships, as you're becoming every day more and more your authentic self. And even though it might be harder to make friends, these friendships statistically last longer. One of the main culprits as to why friendships are more difficult to maintain are romantic relationships. We have all been there. You're so in love, in love, in love that you barely catch up with your friends until it's over. In the hierarchy of relationships, friendships come after romantic relationships, family and children. So what about romantic love? I will keep it brief because romantic relationships are such a big part of our life and that needs to be discussed in a separate episode. But one lie I need you to understand is that romantic relationships are not like in the movies and they take work. I know this sounds silly, but I realized when talking with my friends that we had these big expectations that were not met and we had those expectations by social media and the black love movies we were watching and it's not easy i used to look at those happy couples and think it would be so easy once i found my partner and i did not realize how much work it takes for a relationship to flourish when you look at a happy couple do not think they woke up and they were happy they decided every day to choose each other, to fight and to communicate. No, a random guy, because your boyfriend is, the, before being your partner, husband, whatever, he is a random guy. Before even being your friend, he is a random guy. So no, a random guy will not know what you think or guess. He will not know that you'd like to get flowers or be taken out more if you do not communicate that. And it's only with time that these things will come naturally to him as he gets to know you. He will not wake up and know this is her love language. She likes to get this. She likes when I do this. She doesn't like when I do that. Blah, blah, blah. 
The second thing is that relationships are not these super passionate, exciting roller coasters. The truth is, relationships are really fun and they can be the best thing ever, but they are not inherently exciting. It doesn't mean you can't have exciting moments, but if you go into a relationship thinking it will be Disneyland, it is not. It can be draining to be in a relationship, especially a healthy relationship, because it is filled with communication, accountability, serving each other, humility, forgiveness. And based on this strong foundation, you build a strong relationship. But even the most happiest of relationships is not exciting in itself. This is really important because sometimes you get into healthy relationships and you're like, hmm, this actually is kind of boring because nothing happens. There's no crazy highs and crazy lows. It is calm. And that's what a real or good relationship is supposed to be. It's supposed to give you peace. It's not supposed to give you butterflies 24-7. It is supposed to bring you peace. So if you have those butterflies and you do not have peace, you need to question yourself because you're probably not in the greatest relationship. Another one. You do not need to settle because time is passing by, but the perfect man does not exist. And the fact that he's not six feet five will not matter when you'll be 45 with three kids. But his character, his kindness, patience and love for you will. Another one. Another one. You do not need to settle because time is passing by. But the perfect man does not exist. And the fact that he's not six inch five with a full crown beard will not matter when you'll be 45 with four kids. But his character, his kindness, patience and love for you will. I know this is painful to hear, but that list that you're keeping, you, you need to check that list and you need to look at every point you put on a list for your ideal man and see whether this will matter in 20 years. And I'm not telling you you have to settle. I'm not telling you this at all. But I want you to understand that if you're looking for a long-term partner, you need to look for long-term characteristics. And height is not one. For all the ladies, release yourself. Like this is a day of release. Release yourself from these tall ass men. If you're 5'3", there's no need for you to have a 6'5 man. And I said what I said. You might be passing by a good man because of characteristics that will not matter in 20 years on. What you're looking for in a long-term relationship is a partnership. You're looking for someone 
you can spend your life with. So in 50 years, what will matter? And the truth is, in 50 years, not much will matter but his character, but his values and how he treats you and his respect for you, his commitment towards you and toward your future children. So think about it. I'm not saying that, oh, you have to go for someone you don't find attractive. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that there are more important things in life. And you need to be sure that you're looking at this with the right mindset. And finally, I'll say it again. I know people got married at 21 and are divorced right now. And I know people got married at 25 and are struggling financially with kids. I know people who had to go through a decade of singleness and then found their soulmate and are happily married. Do not compare yourself to anyone else as you do not know what people are going through. And the final area, the self. My favorite one, actually, because this is probably the area that I discovered the most about during my 20s. Who you are, what you believe in, and what you stand for are defining the essence of yourself. Here are some common misconceptions we have about our self. One, you can't change who you are. If you are not happy with who you are today, you can absolutely change anything you want about yourself. Your past relationships, mistakes do not determine your future. You can be stuck in a situation for 10 years and decide you don't want to live like this anymore and change the next day. Nothing is determined in life. Two, once you'll get at a certain age, you'll know who you are. Mm, I don't think so. You can go through your whole life not knowing who you are if that is not something you're willing to question or challenge. Knowing who you are is one of the deepest questions you have to answer throughout your life. And it can change. A Christian that becomes an atheist is not the same person today than he was yesterday. A person that went through a traumatic event is not the same person as he was yesterday. Understanding who you are what you stand for, what you want without society or pa your parents' expectations is crucial to live the life you're destined to live on this earth. Spending time alone, journaling, being mindful, finding out what makes you happy are important questions you need to answer. And these answers will not just fall from heaven. I didn't really question who I was before my father passed away because I was fine with living up to my parents' expectations and that was my reality. And I needed to have a traumatic experience such as the death of a parent at a young age to realize that I don't know who I am and I'm living the life that my parent want. And that was enough for me for such a long time that I never questioned this. So it's definitely not something that, oh, you will just, you know, when you're 30, suddenly uh, you'll know who you are. But I think that if you're actively trying to find out who you are, you're actively asking yourself those questions, you will arrive at a point later in life when you'll know. 
and it will be more peaceful and you will be more happy because you know who you are and what you stand for without your parents, without society, without people's expectations of you. Number three, I am a failure. Us black women tend to be so hard on ourselves, beating ourselves up for any imperfection we may have and often feeling like an imposter or failures when things do not go down as planned. You are not a strong black woman. You're living in survival mode all the time. Friend, no one will have more love, compassion, but yourself. So it's important to hold yourself accountable with kindness, please, kindness. Some of us are the most compassionate people when it comes to our friends, but we are not able to give ourselves that same compassion. Think about how you talk to yourself and how you talk to your friends. You know, I went through some things and I beat myself so hard for it. But if my friend would tell me the exact same thing, there is no way I would tell her the things I was telling myself at that time. And that is also self-love. Loving yourself enough to be kind to you. And another one that is very strong. And to me, I think it is a lie. I will explain why I think it's a lie. And it's this one. I am a strong black woman. How many of us heard the trope, you have to work twice as hard to succeed? And so most of us did. I know I did. And it became my brand mark. Oh, look at her, black excellence. She finished her degree, double degree. Finished with all her peers, even though her dad has passed away in a traumatic way three months ago. Such a strong black woman. That was me. Ladies, you are not a superhero. God is a superhero. You are not. If there is one thing I want you to take away from all of this, it's that your strength, your excellence is a characteristic of you and not your identity. Why is it important to distinguish those two? If your strength is a characteristic, it doesn't define you. If one of your character traits is to be a positive person, no one will blame you if you one day are sad. But if that same positivity defines who you are, when you will not be that positive, you will start to question who you are. Taraji P. Hansen said in a speech, and I quote, It came as a thing to empower us, right? It became, I'm a strong black woman to empower us. But then as years go on, we've been ignored because of that very statement. It dehumanizes our pain. It belittles our tears. The strong black woman archetype is a reason why a lot of us have a hard time crying, talking about our emotions, being vulnerable and honest to ourselves and to our peers. Release yourself from this. You are not a strong black woman. You are a black woman who works very hard and I'm very proud of you. But you are not a strong black woman as in this is your identity. Because once 
life will hit you and you will not have the strength to beat up strong black women. It will crush you because you made this trope your identity. And by making this strong black woman archetype your identity, you repress your emotions, you repress your tears, you repress everything that makes you human. And it's not only for you. The longer we continue with this strong black woman type, the more people outside of us will dehumanize us, will belittle our pain. Have you ever experienced that people just assume unconsciously that you can take more than your peers, even at work? Your peer When she's overwhelmed, she will cry and people will be compassionate. If the same thing would happen to you, you would feel overwhelmed. You will not cry. And so people outside have this unconscious bias that we are stronger and we can handle more things. How many of us have ever cried at work? I don't know, a lot of us. Does that mean we have less reasons to cry than our peers? No. But we are strong black women, right? And this strong black women trope will lead you to a burnout. It will lead you to couples therapy because you cannot be vulnerable in front of a man. How many of us look at our parents, especially our moms, as strong, these strong black women? And how many of us actually want to live the life that our moms had led? It is not a trophy. Weakness is not embarrassing. Weakness is nothing to be ashamed of. We are embarrassed to be weak we're embarrassed to cry we're embarrassed to ask for help but who can live this ghetto ass life by themselves who can go through difficulties without a hand to help there are people around you that have no idea you're going through the worst time of your life because you're smiling through it all love yourself enough to ask for help love yourself enough to not let yourself be defined by this strong black woman trope. Love yourself enough to know that you're not going to get bonus points because you handle all of this without a single tear. The only person you're hurting is yourself. We need as a collective start to lift ourselves up And that doesn't always mean, yeah, go girl, you're doing it, you're killing it. Sometimes lifting ourselves up is telling our friend, hey, I'm proud of you because I know you're going through a lot and it's okay and you're doing great. Lifting ourselves up sometimes is telling our friends it is okay to cry. It is okay to feel sad. It is okay to feel overwhelmed. And I am proud of you regardless. And I'm proud of all of you. 
And I hope that for every bad thing you tell yourself or you're beating yourself up for, make sure there's two good things you can tell about yourself. For every negative thing you want to point out about your body, make sure you celebrate two things about it. So what do we do if we're not there yet in terms of our career, our relationship, or ourselves? We're grateful. Gratitude is the attitude. I have been through so many breakthroughs and hardships lately, but I feel happier than when I supposedly had it all. Because I'm kind to myself. I'm grateful to be here. I know I have the possibility to change my life. I reach out for help. And I know that no matter what I don't like about myself, my life, my career, I have the power to change it. Girlies, we arrive at the end of our episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll have a special guest to discuss the lies we were told in our 20s. And in the meantime, I'm sending you loads of love. You already know I appreciate you. Yours always. Low. I know I said I'd do it then, but what if I don't wanna? I'm on a different path now, standing at the corner of a crossroads. Both loads of ideas get forgotten, but I don't wanna remain stuck, stagnant and rotten. <laughs>